Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody. It's failing better. We're here. Sean McLaughlin back from uh, America. And Johnny Pelham, where have you been? I've been uh, to the Tesco a few times, and then I'm back now at home. And now he's back at home. He got his visa cleared to return back from Tesco. Were you in the world food aisle, at least? No, no, I, I, don't, I don't believe in all that world food. I'm a British man. Uh, chips. And something else with chips. That's how I live. Beans or fish. World food aisle is just the treason aisle to you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Anytime I see anyone in the world food aisle, I think we need tighter borders, man. Big, yeah, fucking what? What the hell is rice? Spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want this muck, rice, spaghetti. I Um, want bread. English bread, white bread. (laughs) I want good, honest Warburton's. (laughs) <laughs> Warburton's chips, beans. That's it. Um, are beans from the UK though? The beans I eat are. I check. I, I talk to the manufacturers. <laughs> Look, are there any chance this was made in Belgium? And if they say yes, I say get get them out of my shop. You call them up on your British mobile phone, Tesco yeah. Tesco Mobile. I a lot of people talk about how supply chains uh, mean that the world is fundamentally interconnected, and an idea of the nation state is a myth and a lie. Uh, to propagate right-wing politics. And to those people, I say, you fucking idiots. <laughs> it's an open and shut case. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Just you... eat bread, you twat. <laughs> Have a bloody loaf of Warburton's and go for a walk. Well, not this all this is... not this jogging shit. We're this... not in Korea. Yeah, we're not French. We're not going to... No, like, kissing with tongues. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> we are back. And we're better than ever. And by better, I mean more British than ever. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by the British National Party. You may have seen them fade as political force, but we are going to bring them back. Our guest this week is Nick Griffin. Was that his name? (laughs) Yeah, it was his name. Nick Griffin, tell us, what do you think about the country? That was Nick Griffin. I think think England's gone. That was Nick Griffin there. It was weird that that was such an innocent time in british sort of poli- political life when it was all we really had to worry about was the bnp who everyone was like oh yeah they're really racist and now we have policies that are sort of like bnp policies 
yeah. And then we have and the government now going, no, we think this is fine, actually. I completely agree. The Overton window has switched so much now that the BNP would be seen as like, yeah, they're pretty right wing. Yeah. But, like, Before they were like, Nick Griffin went on question time and, and basically it was all the panellists queuing up to call him a, a prick. Yeah. And he had to go, I'm not a prick. I'm not. Where's he goes, now? no, I'm not a prick. Yeah, um, now we'd be like middle of the Tory party. Yeah, yeah. It's like, fu- it's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is fascinating that actually when you think about how... Because yeah. the BMP is like Sweller Braveman, who is not a brave or a man. <laughs> Her name's a lie. She should be a Sweller Shitwoman. <laughs> Brilliant. That's the best this podcast has what, ever been. What a great slam. <laughs> That'll, that'll, that'll get some heads rolling in 10 Downing Street, I'm telling you. Yeah, Suella Shitwoman, take that. <laughs> More like Cruella Shitwoman. Oh my god. I, I hope you've uh, wearing some hard hats because your head might be about to explode. With them. <laughs> Don't quite know what a hard hat would do to protect you if your head exploded, but I appreciate I'll the effort. Keep the pressure. Keep the pressure. <laughs> keep your brain in. <laughs> Contain your brain from all the funny little words we're saying. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, she's a cunt. I can't remember my point, but she's a cunt. I hate her, and she's a real mean woman. How are you today, then, Sean? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Back in the back in the UK, which is a nice uh, feeling after being in Los Angeles for oh like just God. over a week. The city of angels. Yeah, it seems like it's more the city of, like, heroin addicts. Um, <laughs> I, I think they need to change their thing, because I, I didn't notice any angels. The city of fallen angels, I guess. Mate, we all... Well, there it is. We could all fall like that. We can. Um, though I think it's harder to fall like that when there is a any sort of welfare system in place, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not sure there is in Southern California. Because isn't California one of the most liberal states in the United States? Mm. So mm. why do you have any sense of why they haven't built a welfare state there? Because they're still American, which means there is a fundamental insanity at their core, which even the sane ones seem unable to actually see. Interesting. That is fascinating, isn't it? I find that fascinating. About... And I say that with a weird respect. There is there is a lot to like, and there is certainly a lot of interest in the United States as a country. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't say that I hate it, but it's the most batshit place on earth by a clear margin. Well, I guess the American dream is both their biggest strength and their biggest weakness in a sense, because mm. it, it gives them their, their great belief that they can do anything, achieve anything. But what it also maybe means is that their rugged individualism leads to a lack of empathy and a lack of care for the people who, who suffer and are unable to make the most of themselves. Someone could say the same thing about this podcast, Johnny. <laughs> I think mean, that's very true. We it's... are a podcast standing up on our own two feet. And God, I wish there was a welfare state for podcasts. Because we are <laughs> bleeding out over here. That would be so helpful if you could just call someone up and be like, look, you've listened to the episode. It isn't working. Look, we don't want to have to apply for a loan. You have <laughs> yeah. to help us out. Yeah. We, food stamps would undermine us. We want money. We want cash. <laughs> yeah. we, we deserve basic dignity of money to spend yeah. on whiskey so we can forget we ever started this podcast. <laughs> Yes, that is right. We can we can buy meth. Well, let's put it this way. Going back to it, last episode I talked about how I was about to go to a gun range. Did I yeah, not? Yeah, you did. You did. Now that episode ends, listener, and I get in a little car with the rest of the crew that I was Straight hanging out with to a school. <laughs> Whoa, Johnny Pellet, more like Johnny Satire. 
Hello. They should have Titan Gun Laws, in my opinion. They say the pen is mightier <laughs> than the sword. I would argue that the microphone is uh, mightier than... Uh, uh, well, uh, at least you've plugged it in. A machine um, gun! The, the microphone is stronger than a machine gun. The podcast is sharper than the blade. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That's what would bring in gun laws over there. You just need Biden to just go. Look, we don't need guns. If you really want to protect yourself, start a podcast. For that is the media is the true weapon. That's what you I think, would you say. Do you think that would solve it here? Ironically, if he said that, I'd be like, it would be funny if he if he got shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. For any lawyers listening to this, we said it'd be funny. We did not say we endorse it. Biden... Any lawyers listening to this, you have wasted your intelligence. <laughs> you seem like a smart guy. You're a lawyer. <laughs> and that's look, what, if you want a lawyer, you should just quickly say, look, can I look at your Spotify wrapped, please? And if failing better is anywhere near that, you stay the fuck away from them. Even if yeah. they're doing it pro bono. Just like, look, I'll pay a person. <laughs> You've heard of you've heard of you know like lawyers always have like like their diplomas and their qualifications hung up behind them. They should also be a, a, the biggest one and the one with the most gold paint around it should be one saying, "I have never listened to Failing Better." Yeah. Wow, this guy's good. This guy's lesson it. lesson one of Harvard Law School: Do not listen to Failing Better. <laughs> it will make you very thick. We've lost a few good souls to that podcast. <laughs> They, they walked in here, a potential Supreme Court judge. They left here unable to, to, to tie them on shoelaces. Do subscribe to our Patreon, by the way, guys. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash failing better for just £3 a month. If or, you want to get dumber. Or $4 a month if you're over there in La La Land. Yeah, don't uh, give it to petition a uh, politician to build a welfare state. Give it to us so we can spend it on whiskey and maybe meth if meth ever comes to this country i think it's here but i don't know if it's it's caught on (laughs) meth isn't nearly as big as it is in america meth feels like the big one in america to my lack and opioids yeah because look because i'm pink pharma anyway i was talking about my gun range experience and actually it links into all of this links into all of this chat well, we've, we've, pl- we've structurally figured it all out, haven't we, before? Yeah, we figured it all out. Every episode of this podcast is written by a writer's room that is huge. It's written by AI at the moment. That's why there's been an increase in quality. AI <laughs> writes every word of this. Imagine two deranged lunatics are talking about American politics. <laughs> oh, imagine a deranged lunatic saying there's been an increase in quality in this podcast. <laughs> if you keep saying something enough, it's true. This podcast has got better, listener. Do not... If you're thinking it hasn't, it's because you are do not understand. Um, look, shut the fuck up, Johnny. I went to a gun range. I wasn't saying anything, you fucking muggle. I went to a gun range. Yep, and what happened? They gave me a gun. They gave me less instruction, genuinely, <laughs> than when I went paintballing. <laughs> when I went paintballing, there was more safety procedures in, in check than when I went to a literal gun range. Here's the thing about guns, right? I hate guns and I'm scared of guns, as people knowing, listening to the last episode will know. But I thought by going to a gun range, I would sort of grow into it or I would learn to appreciate something. Even if I never liked it, I'd be like, oh, I get it, I suppose. Mm. I hate them more as a result of going to this. I understand them less. 
I, I, I've basically fired my gun twice and said to the group, I'm leaving, I'm out, I don't want to do this. There was a bloke next to me with an AK-47. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. There was a signed picture of Gordon Ramsay. I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing this. That alone is a deal breaker for me normally. What, um, what do you think you like about guns then? What is it about them that, that is so unappealing? I think it's the fact that they're really loud and all they do is kill people. I think mm. that's. I think those are two elements that I would view as antisocial. You know, is that fair to say? Johnny's cut out. What What about the need to? Do you not think there's a good self? Sorry, can you can you say that again? You cut I out there. Cut out. No, you're fine now. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying. Uh, I think it's going to cut out again. <laughs> okay, great. I it's was not. Saying, all right, great. What do you think about the idea that weapon, that guns can be a good form of self-defence would be the argument against them, that without guns what we're so uh, at risk of being invaded or persecuted or blah, blah, blah? Joe, you know I've never thought about it like that. Now that you put it that way, I guess they make total sense. Build more tanks. More tanks. That's the so, failing better motto. More tanks. But, but didn't, it make you feel, didn't it make you feel unhappy like what was the visceral feeling was it just like sort of disgust it sounds like it was genuine disgust yeah yeah that's like, that that is the word i i used i i was like i find this disgusting and i find myself disgusting here and i need to just get out that's quite some because that's quite strong words were other people enjoying it like were you like the black sheep of the group no well i was the first one to leave and After then another two, i just say sean texts me as he was leaving going just being at a gun range hated it i'm now stood outside waiting for everyone else to join me <laughs> <laughs> well another guy came out maybe a minute later oh, really? and said are you okay and i i was genuinely like, i am so fine yeah like i'm genuinely completely fine <laughs> And um, and I think something that I think too is normally when people say I'm so fine, I'm, honestly I'm so fine. Yeah, it's I'm a good so indication fine. that yeah, really yeah, yeah, they yeah. are really fine. I'm really fine. I couldn't be more fine actually. Yeah, actually, I don't know why, why are you I'm, asking? Why are you? Why? No, I'm not. I'm naked because I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Off, off, my, my my eyes water a lot randomly. I'm fine. All right, I'm fine. <laughs> but he said uh, he said it's not. He said, "Is it not for you?" And I went, "No, it's not for me." And yeah. he said, "He said it's not for me either." And then he came. Uh, he came out. He's so sweet. I think it was for him, but he just wanted you to have a friend. <laughs> well, the thing is, there was a third guy with us. <laughs> and it was really for him. And it, Well, there was a fourth. The main guy, it was definitely for him. <laughs> he was like, bomb, bomb. He loved it. And genuinely, more power to him. Yeah. I can't say it's a safe environment, because ultimately there are still guns involved. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's safer than... But if... we, we need our kids to learn. Same <laughs> we... joke again. We're... <laughs> This is just so God. I think this podcast is like that. I have a dream speech of the 21st century. I agree. We so I, really I gonna... had a nightmare. <laughs> I had diarrhea. <laughs> I had diarrhea. It's the new version of I have a dream. <laughs> um, but actually, one benefit of feeling like a complete worthless piece of shit as I held that gun and thought, like, this doesn't make me feel like a big man. This makes me feel like a coward. Yeah. Um, was I just I walked around the corner when I left and the bar from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was just there. Wow. And I wouldn't have seen that unless I'd um, Is it, coward, you... <laughs> unless I'd paid money and then immediately ran away from a dangerous situation. Does it function as a bar? Like, can you get drinks? No, it's just, just, it's just the exterior. I think it's oh. like a warehouse. 
Oh. Yeah, but it was very cool just to walk, just to see it. I was what like, you is, sh- that, is that the bar? And then I looked it up and it was. What you should have done is you should have taken the gun and broken in and demanded that uh, Danny DeVito um, said hello to you. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have gone wrong. No, I don't think so. I mean, that is, I think we talked about it in the last pod, so maybe I'm repeating myself, and I apologise if I am. But I do think, you know, we were talking about the American's great strength and great weakness is the uh, American dream, that belief that anyone can I make believe it. you said that three minutes ago. No, no, but I mean, but what I'm going to say now, I said in the last step. A lot oh, okay. of repetition there. But I think British people know we can't handle guns. And I think that is both all greatest strength and all greatest weakness. And British people know they're worthless pieces of dirt and can't be trusted <laughs> with anything. Because we are, you know, like if 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 I had a gun, I'd have shot someone. But There's... that's but as we said in the last episode, that's why other countries don't have guns. Yeah, 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 because they don't have that same ex- belief what? in their exceptionalism. Well, it's not. I I don't. I mean, I guess that's it. I think I would argue that the Americans have retrofitted that belief onto the fact that they want guns, whereas we have. We instinctively know that guns are dangerous, and so we don't have them. Whereas they have guns, and so they retrofitted an exceptionalism onto their use of guns i just because i think america's core is that exceptionalism like so i think their whole their whole, the beating heart of america is the idea of like you know sort of each man can make it for themselves and that means that it's <laughs> the most unequal and fucked up uh, yeah i did a gig i i did a couple yeah i did a few gigs in la one of them i did a gig i literally the act bringing me on was john mulaney <laughs> Which was uh, so mad. Drunk addict and bad man. Don't say that. <laughs> no, he's great. He's clearly. I was really stand-up. nervous. I was. I, I mean, I think he's maybe the greatest. He's currently working on the face of the earth, and was a very lovely man when I spoke to him. And he you can like, listen to him on the World Wide Web if you've not heard him before. Type in John Mulaney, you get some very good. He's comedy. a brilliant comedian. He will not be a guest on this show. Um, I can get him. I can, I, I can get him, um, but he was so get, sweet. He was like, "What's your name?" I have to. He goes, I, I, "I kept thinking, oh god, what if I offer him cocaine out of nerves?" <laughs> I'd be, I would be so hated if he relapsed because of me. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be your full story. You're like Sean McLaughlin. That'd be your defining characteristic. On the guy who got John Maloney back oh. on coke. <laughs> John Maloney, yeah. Or whatever he's got a silly name. So, Maloney. Um, but I walked on stage and I and there were only like 40 people in I said I wouldn't have done this gig if I realised everyone else would be famous and they all laughed and yeah. I went genuinely I'm the worst comedian on this bill and they all took that at face value because <laughs> <laughs> they're Americans and they don't they're not used to people saying stuff like that yeah 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 yeah. and I, I, I went I'm the worst comedian on the bill silence and I said yeah. that would have got a laugh in Britain and they went oh okay <laughs> I was like, all right, better do some jokes, I suppose. I think that's what I find American podcasts tricky for that. Or like when you know, like when they're like, they, <laughs> I, they, I think this is a dangerous road for us to go down. Just, just I don't know if we should be criticizing other podcasts, but carry on. No, no, I feel I feel like the people who have the least should criticize the most. <laughs> yes, and I Same. feel like, but I just feel like they have such a sense of self entitlement and self like. Well, I mean, I know I'm a great person. I know the world works if you work hard and achieve, and you can achieve anything you want. And I just think that's so fundamentally different. All those core beliefs are different to my core beliefs. I believe I'm worthless. I believe the world's unfair, and I believe I'll never achieve anything of any meaning in my life. And like the, it's so tri- difficult to get into that mindset where you feel like actually life's okay and things are good. I, I mean, that's, I think, the most... 
um, destabilizing thing about Los Angeles more than anywhere yeah. else I've been to in America is it is that to such an extreme. Mm. People talk about money so openly. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. guess maybe I was there during the writers' strike, so like money was the big topic of conversation in, across the city, I guess. But like, if people talk about money so much. They talk about, like people say to me, God, "You really can do so well here," and it's true. Yeah. You can if you pop off in America, you make so much money, so much yeah. more money than if you pop off basically anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, they're saying that, and I go, I'm just thinking, I can see 45 people mm. who don't have a like. There are 45 homeless people on every street. Yeah, who are shitting into their shoes in front of tourists and doing it. I've never seen heroin done so openly. Really, it's like, it's, it just it and it, it's funny. It just it does almost immediately turn you into some a different type of person, because I have to just go. Yeah, like I turned up and I was like, right, there are loads of homeless people everywhere, and I'm just going to have to ignore them because yeah, otherwise, yeah. how can you even go for a coffee? I have the most extreme example of that ever. I was in Tanzania which is, uh, there's obviously huge, people are really, really poor there. Mm. And I was there as a white tourist with fuckloads of money because mm. I just, uh, and... Uh, well, we failing, were, failing, failing better, failing better, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's on our, our first uh, patron special, me and Sean <laughs> got to Tanzania. Uh, and we were on the beach in like a, a, a good hotel and then loads of like people who just had no money came and were begging and the security came and like got them off the beach and a big part of me thought... I'm glad that's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it yeah. was, it, but also it's the most, because these people need, like, it's that thing of like, there's no, it is that thing of the system is so fucked and then you just feel so powerless and also you want to relax on a beach and it's like, but then you feel like such a worthless, scummy human being. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I, I, I it's funny that, isn't it? I'm trying to write a piece of material about being a tourist at the moment and it's funny that tourism is this thing that, is viewed as a problem, yet is also the only solution. Like, everyone wants tourists. They think, if we get tourists, yeah, yeah. then we're on our way. But then people always say, oh, things are changing because of all the tourists. Mm. It's such a... I, I guess that's not what you're saying. But well, I guess what in terms I think, of that specific yeah. experience. I guess the thing is, there's such global disparity in wealth, and because we are through complete luck at the top of that ladder... I, well, it's not luck. This is the greatest country in the world. That is true because yes. of our history and because we were we had. Hey, hey, you know what, Tanzania? Why don't you have an industrial revolution in the early twentieth century? <laughs> Think about that, eh? Tanzania. If you want to be a great country, just get Margaret Thatcher to be your prime minister. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is Adam, is Adam Smith from Tanzania? No, he's not. He's actually from Scotland, but still part of the UK, and he's still the greatest mind. He's Scotland, which is the luckiest part of the UK. Yeah. Frankly, you don't even need to be here. Yeah, it's really all England. Welsh have their dragons that keep them safe. Scotland have Adam Smith's wisdom. But England is the heartbeat of the world. We're the greatest mm. country. And everyone from Tanzania is morally inferior. <laughs> well, the best thing about this country is we are morally superior to everyone else. Yeah. Please uh, don't look into our history. We are better. Just shush, shush, shush. Shush, shush, shush now. Um, no, but it is fucked up. And it is just because there's mass disparity in wealth that makes tourism... I guess you just realise you're unprivileged, don't you, when you go abroad? Because you're like, oh, actually, it's crazy how poor some people are. Yeah, that's why I'm never, ever leaving this country again. That's what's matter about going to America and seeing it, though. Because in my head, I knew LA was a bit fucked, but I didn't, I didn't realise the scale of it, as you seem to be suggesting, was so uh, visible, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty... It's just, it's just... The thing is with LA is I did enjoy it. Yeah. There is a... It's good. I did enjoy it. It is, by any metric, a shithole. 
by any metric. Like the buildings are ugly. There is no mass transit. Everyone's de- depressed. Yeah, yeah. It's but there's a lot of good stuff there as well. So what can what's, you do? What's the average taking uh, aside the homeless? And, and let's be honest, we should do that. <laughs> um, were the average person in LA much hotter than anywhere else you've ever been in the world? I didn't notice that much of an increase. Really? That but seems... I think the heights were so high. Yeah. Did you see the most... Do you reckon you saw the most beautiful person outside your wife? If, uh, Very good. Yeah, thank you. That you've ever seen in your life in LA. I think, but the thing is, I live in London. I think, that, I think it skews it. What do you mean? Because London's really ugly. I think London's very... I think there's hot people in London. Do you? You don't... What? I think English people... Johnny, you're from I've, Bradford. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying... But I'm saying I say English people, I think, are we're an unattractive breed. Look, we've, look, we've got Adam Smith. We've got the, <laughs> the, the moral right to rule the world. <laughs> but we are un, we're unattractive, we're unattractive as well. I, I don't know. I think maybe we are. You're but quite I, attractive, Lashawn. I was thinking... I think you're quite a hottie. Uh, I mean, I was about to say I don't want to have this conversation, but actually, I really do. Sean, want to I have tell this you conversation. what, I would love, and it I if... want our listeners to write in and tell me all the things you think is hot about me. I'd love it if this podcast ended up in a in a extramarital affair. <laughs> they were me and you. Yeah, they were podcast hosts. They became lovers in Aww. what has been described as a sickening <laughs> in the latest episode of my, of my favorite murder. <laughs> it all went wrong. No, um, I guess the Brits. I think I I think most people are ugly. Definitely. And I don't understand how ugly people are so persecuted when we're clearly the majority. I think so. But I'm... um, I think I was expecting LA everyone to be gorgeous, but actually, I don't. I probably. I mean, it's probably just where I was. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't you... going to the hot people parties. You know. I, I'd love it. I feel like you can have like a Louis Fu energy at a hot person party. Well, I went to right. I could uh, right. I mean, how how much how much time have we got? Should we talk celebs? Let's talk celebs, remember. So I said on the Patreon, I think last week, that in the New York show, Matt Damon was there. He walked right by me. Hot stuff. I mean, he looks good. Yeah. He looked good. Weird Al Yankovic was on the plane. He looks good. Yeah. I mean, he looks weird. Hence the name. <laughs> Mr. Henry, Mr. Henry Winkler, I saw, looked a million dollars. Johnny didn't know who that is, despite being a big fan of his current TV show. But I can't know everything, though. I'm just one man. I'm not an infinite pool of knowledge, am I? I'm just and that in- sort of inherent humbleness is why Britain is the greatest country in the world. It is. I'm a fallible human from a lovely country. So- <laughs> I, right, saw... Well, I, I did a gig at the Hollywood Bowl. I know, I saw that. That was what was that? We should talk about that. What was that like? Fuck all this stuff about Britain being great. What was the Hollywood Bowl? <laughs> it was. It was mad. It was. It was mad. It, I, it, I don't think I've really processed it. It was it, so unlike every other gig. Even the big gigs I've done, it was. It was so different. What was different about it? Was it your sense of the occasion of it and the monumentous nature of it? I think everyone was sort of freaking out that they were there. Yeah. Everyone involved at every level of the tour was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Yeah. Um, and then it's just even little things like the stage is so much bigger than any other stage I'd been on. So yeah. I had to, my walk to the stage took almost half a minute. Fuck, really? That's crazy. So it felt, they... I mean, it couldn't have done. It felt like that. 
But it was yeah. definitely a lot longer. Like it was I a walked lot to the longer. station like an hour and a half. It took, it took, <laughs> it took, it took, it took half, <laughs> half an hour, which was just enough time to say goodnight and then leave. <laughs> it's too um, big, if anything. It's too big. But there was like this huge door, like a hangar door that they had to pull open and then I had to walk through it onto the stage. It was like an airlock. Yeah, that's really cool. It was like, it was basically, it was like being on like a space shuttle and walking on the moon. It was very cool. But there was a party afterwards and there were some big names at this. And I thought, I'm going to meet some fucking names and I'm going to get them on Failing Better. Yes. And we are going to go to the top. Okay? We yeah. are going to go to the top. Dave Grohl was in the audience. That's not oh. a joke. Let's hope it wasn't a joke. <laughs> it, was either, it was either a good sentence or a bad joke. <laughs> I think my humour might be too subtle for you, Johnny. <laughs> Dave Grohl was in the audience. You don't get it. Oh, Grohly. Uh, Beck, my all-time favourite singer, was in the audience. Ooh. Uh, one of One Direction. Which one? I don't remember. None of the good ones. No, not Harry. That's the only one I know. Yeah, Harry. Niall. Niall Horan. I don't know Niall. I think they're That's all exciting. they're all very famous though, I think. Yeah, yeah. Niley was did you talk to anything? What was Niley like? I didn't talk to Niley. I should oh. I, I imagine if we got Growly on fucking failing. That better. would be cool. That would be cool. Oh, we'd blow it though. Oh, we mentioned blow. Kurt Cobain too early. <laughs> Go early with oh, tell us what happened. <laughs> Why didn't you do anything to save him? Yeah, so um, obviously, um yeah, anyway. Addiction can kill. Uh, I'm addicted to hearing you laugh, David. No, let's crack on with the podcast. <laughs> It's the it'd be the only podcast episode in history where the guest pulls out before we press record. Come back here, Gwol. So anyway, I went to this after party. Yeah. And it was fun. And I was meeting people. Yeah. And I didn't realise some of the people. The, the problem was the biggest chat I had was with this bloke. And he was, a, look, I don't think any, I have no problem with this being public because they, they're all lovely people. But I met one guy and I was talking to him for ages and he was sort of talking about my hat. He was like, oh yeah, I thought you were really funny. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. I was like, are, are you sure you're not Dave Grohl? And he goes, I'm definitely not Dave Grohl. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I said, what do you do? He says, I have been the manager of Slayer for 37 years. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. But the problem is I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, um, get an answer out of him because he then spilt an entire glass of wine on me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's because he's not the manager of Slayer. He snuck in there and that's how every time anyone asks what he does, he throws wine on them and then moves. Yeah, he goes, I'm the manager of Slayer. And then he he was very casual. He went, I appear to have spilled liquid all over you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was like, don't worry, bro. Sounds like Slayer's manager's a robot. (laughs) Well... All I'll say is, as he was leaving, I saw him openly grab food from the buffet and put it in his backpack. <laughs> Slayer's so managers like, wow. got to eat. Oh, wow. Slay- Slayer aren't pulling in the numbers they used to, I guess. <laughs> a tuna sandwich for the moment. But I met lots of like nice, like not famous people, not like famous people, but like people from the, the world of entertainment. Yeah, Mitch yeah, Hurwitz yeah. was there, who created Arrested Development. I was like freaking out. That is cool. That's very cool. But then one a woman came up to me. This is the biggest name I met, and I'd never heard of her. So that tells you something. Um, and she said, and she was just very nice, complimentary. And then as a as she left, the Slayer man, um, as that's why henceforth yeah. we know <laughs> the Slayer <laughs> man, <laughs> just eating some noodles quickly by the bar. He said, like he said, that was the greatest songwriter in the history of America. And I was like. <laughs> 
I just thought, whatever, Slayer Man, you're just a fucking, you just spilled wine on me. What do you know? <laughs> and then he went, look her up. Diane Warren, look her up. So I Googled her. Right. She has written some of the biggest songs. She's basically like the big ballad writer. I'll get her up now. She wrote, If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher, Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. It's a bit sad in my head, Aerosmith and Cher wrote those songs. It's always slightly sad to find out that they're just sort of hack puppets. She's an American songwriter. She has won an Academy Honorary Award, Grammy Award, Emmy Award, two Golden Globes, and three Billboard Music Awards for Songwriter of the Year. I mean, she's mad. She wrote Rhythm of the Night. Wow. Which was covered by Bastille. So we've got an in there. Yes. Uh, because You Love Me by Celine Dion. How Do I Live by Leanne Rimes. She's done it all. She's done it. Do you think we can get her to do the jingle of uh, Failing Better? <laughs> <laughs> We can have the greatest jingle in podcasting history. Do you, then... Yeah, we'll send, we'll send her our, our weird country theme tune. And go, do you think this could be improved? <laughs> do you want to win yourself another Grammy? I think we send it to Slayer's um, uh, manager and this woman and see what they come back with us. <laughs> Slay, get... Slayer says, I'll do it for a tuna bigger. I'll do it, I'll do it for a hot meal, sir. <laughs> can I live with you for one month? <laughs> I'll do it for one month. Slayer. The whole of Slayer. Can they stay in your attic? <laughs> I was at this fucking event and I was like, I could meet anyone. And I ended up meeting basically a derelict manager. <laughs> a liar. You met a liar. I met a liar. Yeah. But um, it was very nice. Did um, you get hammered? How sober did you remain? Cause it was, I was stayed it, very sober. Was it a free bar? Yeah, but I stayed sober because there were people who I, I was like, oh, I've got to keep my shit together a bit here. Um, I always get shit first. Up for yeah, me. I'm I'm a bit disciplined. I'm so I'm disciplined with stuff like that. The most hammered I got was on the flight home. I had two <laughs> I had two weed gummies and five beers, <laughs> and then and then the there was a kid in front of me, a teenager, who started like effectively smashing up the plane. <laughs> To the point that the air, the air stewards had to bring him back to his parents, who were literally in the row in front of me, and say, you need to calm this man down or we're going to land the plane. Wow, what and was I he was doing? Like, apparently, he was just like kicking off at the stewards back there, being really disruptive, entitled. God. And I, was th- I just heard that and thought, I can't. I'm <laughs> fucked. I, I can't. You know what I mean? Logistical I cannot talk to an air marshal in this state. <laughs> <laughs> they will think it's me. Sean arrested. Maybe me such a weird headline. I have to go like Chortle. I mean, all right, Sean's landed a plane in America due to acts of aggression. <laughs> Sean's Googled the manager of Slayer and realised he'd been lied to. <laughs> Sean McLaughlin has, has caused such a disturbance on a plane. This happens only three days after he caused John Mulaney to relapse. <laughs> Controversial comic Sean McLaughlin. Yeah, his I'd own be, reality that's what I'd be now. I'd be, I'd be one of those controversial. I'd act. I'd have to move to LA and just be an edgy comedian. And I'd you have to what? change. I'd fucking do it well, actually. Yeah, I'd have to change a lot of my political views. But let me tell you, I'm willing to do that for the money. Yeah, why the hell not? Um, but that's sort of a, 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 a short version of my trip. We, we, can, we about- can talk more about it in the next one, but I don't know. It's just. I mean, that it's just that. It's just me going around doing stuff. Went on some hikes. Uh, went uh, to see a band. Uh, that was that. 
Well, it sounds like you've had a lovely little trip to LA. You've realised <laughs> that uh, Britain's the best, America's exceptionalism leads to a, a poor welfare state, and also that Slayers uh, are looking for a new manager. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I guess so. Um, but I met nice people, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity. But I'm more grateful for the opportunity to be back in England and talking to you listeners. And me! Who is your favourite person? <laughs> and of course, Johnny, my favourite person. More um, so than Alexa. I'm going to try and hypnotise you into us having an affair, Sean. What do we? Uh, sh- yeah, it's not going to happen, Johnny. What do we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to know what your hypnotise. What would that? What form would that take? You hypnotising? Alexa, it's undermining your masculinity. You are a strong boy. <laughs> I, and I should... mean, you need to tell me something I don't know in order to. You, Johnny, is an attractive man. Do not let your eyes deceive you. <laughs> that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and your eyes are beautiful, as are Johnny's. He also has a lovely penis. <laughs> okay, I think. Well, we. Sorry, gonna... I should just say to any listeners that I was hypnotised there. So if you're suddenly, you know, thinking about my penis and how great I am, you know, take yourself out of the. the yeah, ignore. If that was just for me. That no, was, was just for me. Sean. It was. Yeah. I don't want loads of people banging on my door for the next week. Are we doing our new segment now? Before we fit, we've actually got a segment, oh, haven't we? We've got a segment. It's Adam and Eve. It. Now Adam we should. And Eve. We should explain it to new listeners. The segment, because I'll be honest, I totally forgot it even existed. We we have a Patreon. <laughs> called adam who said he thinks we should answer more questions so we said go on then adam give us some fucking questions and adam has delivered big style so our our patreon adam is now the uh the official question the question one. master the question master. and now it's time for our new segment adam and eve it um do we have a do you want to do a little jingle for it yes i do Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, and Adam is, we believe, the first man on Earth. <laughs> Adam, congratulations, you're the first man on Earth, and you're the first question master on this podcast. Question one, he's given us five questions, we're going to answer them uh, pick one. The, just pick a funny one. All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Are any of them funny? I guess they're not funny in a traditional sense, but I guess all we with all words can turn them into funny. Favourite and most embarrassing moments in your comedy career so far? Sean? Favourite moment playing Hollywood Bowl? It felt like a real highlight, that. It definitely felt mad. definitely felt very cool. Um... I think my favourite moment is getting my first ever paid gig, which was £20 at the Stand Newcastle, and you did 10 minutes, and it went well, and I felt like a real proper comedian. And is that currently your only paid gig that you've you've had? I, I'm still... Look, it, I think comedy for me is a building project, and my aim is to get back to do a Friday at the Stand one day. <laughs> you made £20 uh, 10 years ago, and, then, yeah. uh, and if it takes another 10 years to make another £20, then so be it, right? I think so. I think a lot of people get too focused on the money in this industry. Not me. I'm resolutely focused on the craft. And as a craft, people have consistently said, I do not understand and cannot hope to uh, achieve. But I believe in myself. And I will one day play the Stan Newcastle again. Was that genuinely your greatest moment? Was that, I mean, that's the thing with comedy. The greatest moments are the little things that you forget, which are like the first, time getting, you do we- yeah. the first time you do well at a pro gig or the first time you... I remember getting an email. It was the first. I felt genuinely like happy. Like I got an email saying we're booking you for a weekend at the stand, and which was the first comedy club that ever booked me. And I remember genuinely being like, "This feels," because it's unbelievable when you start that anyone would ever give you money for it. it well, they're also the, the the comedy clubs are like citadels. 
Yeah. They're like, how do I get in there? How do I how do I puncture these walls? Well, and then I you do get in there, and then you start thinking, how do I get out of? This? <laughs> <laughs> how do I not? How do I stop doing this? Well, that's also what's crazy. Is, like, I remember getting paid twenty quid. The first time I ever got paid a hundred quid, I can't remember what the gig was. I remember it didn't go very well, and I remember thinking, like, should I give the money back? Like, I felt so. Funny Quid felt such an insane amount of money, and I felt so bad that I hadn't killed it for that amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And now, if I... Like, 100 quid, I'm like, that's good, but I'm not... If I'm dying there, I'm, I'm want double. <laughs> I feel like, genuinely, you deserve the money more when it goes badly. That's that's what I mean. Because when... I, 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 well, that's the time yeah. where I go, oh, at least I've got... At least I've got... It feels like you've done work then. You know. I completely agree. That's the the weird thing, is it? When it goes well and they give you money, you're like, fucking hell, you're paying me for this? I had such a fun time. When yeah. you're eating a dick and everyone's hating you and you're objectively doing like, your Was that job. what you were doing on stage? Yeah, yeah, it was a cabaret act. I can see why it didn't go great. Why didn't you just go with your material? You've got great material. I don't. Why did I you don't. eat a penis? They just said to me, like look, a Bush if, Tucker you, trial. If, if you do this, you're going to get me out of here. <laughs> and then Deck were in the crowd. <laughs> Newcastle, after all. <laughs> <laughs> Eat this goat penis there's We'll a, get you on the jungle There's a couple of cheeky chappies In the audience It's Ant and Deck I right. once saw Ant at a nightclub in Newcastle Did you fuck off Was he not with Deck He wasn't with Deck He was with another bloke who was not happy about how we not were being acting Deck. I guess the issue is If Ant's at a nightclub <laughs> without Deck Deck is being brought into a lot of conversations If Ant is at a nightclub without Deck Is it still Ant <laughs> What is, is he? It, is it what is he? What Anthony, are you then? without deck? <laughs> that's something. That's when we should never get more of a double act than we are. Because I don't want to be out and don't go. So tell me, where's Sean today? I don't know. He's probably unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if uh, imagine if Ad left deck and it became Sean and deck. They live together. Not live together. They live a, a house apart. Ant and deck. Did you know that? I think uh, I think deck can do it without Ant. I, I genuinely... And I, I think Ant can't do it without Deck. I don't know who they are. Like, I don't know. If you would, I don't know who Ant and who Deck is. Ant's, I swear um, to God, I don't De- know. Ant's the one who, who crashed his car. The I, 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 I don't... Uh, that doesn't do, I've not really kept abreast of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's like... That's like something like Condoleezza Rice <laughs> I've not kept abreast of that situation. That's like it's like palming off a question in the fucking in the emergency in like the, in like the crisis room. I've got some news. I'm going to be Joe Biden's new uh, press manager. That would explain a lot, actually, if you were. Um, um, I, well, there we go. That's uh, that's the first Adam and Eve. It. Have we got? We, oh, wait, we, said, we haven't said what's our most embarrassing one. Yeah, what's the most embarrassing? I was, ta- honestly, take your pick. Any episode of this podcast. <laughs> um, I I have died hard a lot. Oh yeah, me too. Like a lot. And I I, I mean, there's nothing. That's the worst when you die. I didn't even get the high in Newcastle, which was meant to be like. Well, it still was when I was doing it, but less so than. Uh, it was still like a bear pit where like there were mm. a lot of stag and hendus and I was dying on my ass, and uh, a man on a stag dude dressed as a penis uh, tried to get up and go <laughs> and to the you, toilet. He was like, tried to eat it. <laughs> kept trying to eat it. <laughs> they they'll send him, bring me to the jungle, just <laughs> Please. PJ he, Duncan are in. He tried to leave, but his inflatable penis was too big to get through the space in the 
between the seats. So we had to stand up and then everyone had to like move the tables away from to get off. So there was just a giant penis slowly walking out of my gig. As I was on stage, like, hey, everyone, isn't it funny that people are sad sometimes? And it was just his penis was just wandering off into the distance. That was quite the, harrowing. There's a metaphor there, isn't there? Yeah. There's a metaphor. I think, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, any individually horrendous... There's just so many horrible nights. Mm. So many horrible nights. Don't start comedy. That would be my advice. Start it. Oh, start. Just don't. Just don't put loads of work into it because it doesn't even matter that much. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even matter how good you get. Just, just. Uh... Sean, you say that, but wouldn't they? They might be playing Hollywood Bowl like you. Yeah, but I'm not that good. I just got lucky. I agree. I agree with that. That is true. Uh, so I guess get lucky. Don't get good. Do like Daft Punk. Get lucky and remain aerodynamic. That's another song by Daft Punk. Um, well done yeah. to you. Thank I think you. this uh, episode started well and has petered off a bit. Would you agree with that analysis? I think it petered off as soon as we went into the Adam and Eve section. Fucking Adam. And you know what? I wouldn't believe it, Adam. You brought us down with a clang. You Would you fucking... Adam and Eve it? Adam's absolutely torpedoed this pod. Yeah. You know You know what I wish I'd got in touch? Eve. I've always been on her side on these things, actually. Yeah, I love Eve. If any of our listeners are called Eve, send us a message. We'll do Adam and Eve it. And... Um, but every other episode we'll do an Eve question and then every other episode we'll do an Adam question. At the end of the year, we decide whose questions are better. We have a vote of all the listeners and whoever yeah. has got the worst questions, Adam or Eve, gets shot dead at our live show. <laughs> I love that. that. So, so if, you, if your name is Eve, and even if it's not, but you want to get involved in this, why? <laughs> <laughs> Just an email address that's like johnhendry at yahoo.com and he's like, hi, my name is Eve. Um, <laughs> John Hendry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But we we are looking for an Eve. We are looking for an Eve. And we want you to eat the apple of sin and give us your what delicious the fuck questions. Is th- this was a good episode. What I has know. happened? So maybe we edit a lot of this out. I don't I can't, I can't be arsed. It's got to go out tomorrow, Johnny. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So anyway, Eve, get in touch. Give us a question. Sorry, Adam. I think Adam, you've ruined the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam, we're now not doing the podcast anymore. And we're not going to cancel your Patreon. You still have to pay. But we're not going to do the episodes anymore. So there you go. Yeah. Um, genuinely, though, do give us a five-star review. Just remember how good the podcast was until about five minutes ago. Sign up uh, to our Patreon. It's such a fun community. It's a fun community full of great people and also Adam's there. You're fucking um, Adam. The worst. Adam's there asking boring questions. The original and worst man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Dumb. Um, great. Come back on Friday when there'll be more fun for the whole family. More fun. You said it that very close to the microphone. Fun. For the whole family. For the whole family. Bring the family round. Um, thank you so much. Failingbetterpod at gmail.com. Just look at it. If you want to sign up to the Patreon or give us a review, look or email us. We have to go. Goodbye. Look the description. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Good Bye. to be back. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 